All right, so the date is Tuesday, July 28th, and this is the pilot episode of the podcast. Let's get to it. My name is Sarah DeGray. My name is Mujib Khalik. And we're super excited to be here today. We're super excited to bring you something unique and special and from us to you. Right. And at the same time, we're both figuring this out as a pilot episode, as an introduction to who exactly we are and what we're doing here and even how to use this microphone. Yeah, let's be clear. We have no idea what we're doing. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But we're excited to learn. We're excited to go on this journey together. And so we're thinking about this podcast as uh, our creation story, how this came to be. And we wanted to share that story with all of you. Right. Uh, As you listen, you'll find that this is really kind of a study of how to make sure to allow each other to have full thoughts and to speak fully out without running over each other. And that's even going to be a bit of a topic at some point with this podcast. How do we communicate with each other and let each other in the world, not just as a, a pair of two people having a moment around a microphone, but in an entire world, how do we let each other have our full say and sit back and listen and learn? You know, I like that. And when I think about how this all came to be, uh, this partnership, this podcast even, it, it came out of a few conversations. And I know I started to get an idea to do this with Mujib uh, through listening. Mm. It was through listening that I got this idea that uh, if we came together and, and through conversation and listening to one another, that this could really uh, be something wonderful and informative and influential. Um, so I know that that's a huge thing for me. Yeah, I love that. I'm very excited to listen to you and to hear more of your thoughts on a lot of the things that we're going to cover throughout this podcast. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's one of the things that, that Mujib and I really vibe on, which was a name we tossed around. We, we had to throw <laughs> that one out. Um, is that this ability to listen and almost like great musicians when they're playing with one another, you've got to have those open ears and listen to one another and go, okay, now it's your solo, you're going to take it. Um, and I think that's that you guys will find uh, that there's a cadence and a rhythm to, to our conversation, and uh, so that's, that's really exciting. So I think our listeners want to hear a little bit more about who Mujib is, and uh, I, I would love to hear that as well, Mujib. So by all means, please introduce yourself. All right. So my name is Mujib Kalik. Uh, it's a bit of a new name. My name previously was Abdul Mujib, uh, and that's a story unto itself. But my wife and I, when we had our first child, decided that we needed a new family name uh, because everybody knows me as Mujib. Um, it didn't make sense for her to also be Kenzie Mujib and Mujib Mujib or whatever you have. Um, so we chose Kalik, and that's kind of, for me, a bit of... One of the most important parts of my own introduction as to who I am right now, you know, because it's such a defining moment to take on this name, Mujib Kalik, and to be uh, one of the first members of this family, this new family, the Kaliks. Um, so myself, I come from Silver Spring, Maryland, Montgomery County, right outside of Washington, D.C. Uh, anybody from that area is going to say we come from D.C. for the most part because we're very influenced by D.C. Um, My family has been in the D.C. area for generations and generations. My father's family comes from Philadelphia area. Um, So we've been really just 
very strong parts of the United States of America and the construction of the modern iteration of that um, since very much in the beginning. And we take a lot of pride in that and a lot of history in the fact that we've been here um, through this whole time that this nation has gone through its transformations. Um, I think that defines me a lot as a person. I think I, I take that with me a lot because as somebody who has such a Islamic name, I get a lot of that. Where are you from? You know, where do, no, but where do your people come from? You know, and I'm, it, I, we have to really kind of hold that. Like we are here and have been here for so long, even before a lot of people even got here. If you look at certain uh, lines of my lineage, um, I came to Vermont in 2004. Right, pretty much right out of high school, um, and just to figure out what I wanted to do next. I got an apartment in Montpelier and lived in the forest and kind of spent my time walking around and just trudging through the snow and learning about things that I'd never seen before and, and really is a bit of um, almost like an anthropological study. I wanted to see what it was like in New England around people that weren't from where I was from and that the customs were very different, you know, we called our friends' parents by their first names and stuff like that that I'd never even heard of, you know, and um, so that kind of brought me into Vermont. And then from there, I built a company called North Country Kettlebells, which is a personal training kettlebell company. Um, basically, that was just a way of making sure that I could fund my lifestyle. So I didn't need much. Again, I lived in the forest, and I didn't really ask much of people. I took a couple kettlebells down to the state house lawn, and I trained people maybe for $12.50 an hour, really, when I break down the number. Um, and yeah, I built up a client base from there, and some of those original clients are some of my best friends right now. You know? um, moved to Burlington in 2016 with my wife with the idea that we were gonna build our lifestyle into what it now exists as, and then uh, linked up with Sarah shortly after that, and uh, have really just been kind of building towards this relationship since then. Now North Country Kettlebells has a studio on Pine Street. I love it a lot. I love the people I work with, and um, I've also been working with Rev a lot, so that's been pretty great. And one other thing about me is very easy for me to talk about myself, so it's, I have to give myself a hard stop as well. <laughs> How about you, Sarah? Oh, uh, oh who, man. Who are you? Who am I? That's such a loaded question. Well, thank you. I appreciated hearing, hearing your story and, and, and your journey to Vermont. Um, so my name is Sarah DeGray, and as you were talking about your name and the importance of your name, it got me thinking about, well, what about my name? Mm. And um, believe it or not, I do think about my name a little bit. Um, and my surname is DeGray, and I am actually the, the last. Uh, my, my father, I'm my father's only child. My father did not have a son. So traditionally in this country, that name dies with me. Um, that does not get passed on. It doesn't mean that that's the case. Uh, if I choose to have children, they can take my last name. Um, and I'm also somebody that does not want to give up my last name through marriage or otherwise. So um, that's a little insight into who I am right there. But uh, I was just thinking about the importance of my last name, DeGray, and that, and that identity that I have um, in my family lineage. I am a born and raised Vermonter. I'm from southern Vermont. That's Brattleboro. Um, for those of you who, who do not recognize what Southern Vermont is, it is exit one, two, and three on I-91. And uh, it will be one of the first towns you do encounter if you're coming up that, that 95 to 91 corridor in the Northeast. 
And I left for a time. I lived in New York City for two years. That was really important for me to leave the state. Um, when I was in high school, I had a lot of folks telling me, oh, you know, you got to get out of Vermont, Sarah. You're, you're destined for greatness. You need to go to the big city, which I think is kind of interesting when people say that. Um, but I took their advice and I left Vermont. I left Green Pastures for uh, the urban lifestyle and I, I went to grad school for two years, 2008 to 2010, lived in New York. And that's the topic of a podcast, my life in New York. So we'll skip over that and just say that I came back after two years. Um, and what that helped me do was actually appreciate um, my home in Vermont um, and for the lifestyle that, that this home affords me, which is the forest and the lake and the mountains. Um, so that sort of peace um, in nature I found was very important to me, which I didn't realize that it was until I left it behind. Um, that's not to say that a lot of good things didn't come out of living in a city, but um, I found my way back here and wasn't sure what I was going to do, and I decided to also start my own business. So Mujib and I share that entrepreneurial gift, um, and we both have an interest in fitness. So I started Rev, as he mentioned, Rev Indoor Cycling in 2012. And I started my business on Pine Street, which is really cool because what you guys don't realize, this is how serendipity works, is that Mujib is currently in the same building that I started my studio in, and it just it kind of has a way of coming full circle, which is really cool. So uh, we share that uh, address as well. Um, with what we do. So I was able to grow uh, Rev as a brand over the last eight years and um, and finally getting to work with Mujib, which has been, is currently really awesome. And I kind of wanted to dive into that a little bit because Mujib and I have talked about this and I want to definitely share it with you guys, how our paths kind of intersected and crossed. And I think this is kind of a cool story um, because Mujib keeps a journal and I'm blowing up his spot right now. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I like it. I, I always love to promote that. I was talking to somebody about it earlier. Okay, good. Everybody should be journaling. So Mujib keeps a journal, and I think there's something significant about Mujib's journal uh, a few years back. Mm -hmm. And actually, that at that point of journaling, um, I wished that I had been actually keeping the date and the time and the place where I was where I actually wrote this down. Uh, but I found a journal that said... I, I essentially, well, I won't speak to the journal itself, like the actual entry, but what ended up happening is that I had a bit of a vision of a spinning studio inside of a dark room with neon lights and music booming, right? And when I essentially came, it, it's not that fantastical, right? It's not like I disappeared for a moment and had you know butterflies and such float around me and then came back to reality. But when I did come back out of that sort of you know headspace where I'm trying to find inspiration for what I'm gonna do next in my life, and I come back from this vision of this spinning studio, I looked online to try to see, are there spinning studios in Vermont? And I found Sarah. And I found Rev, and what really stood out to me with Rev was the fact that it was nothing like anything else that I was seeing in terms of websites, in terms of presentation, in terms of like the more contemporary presentation of a business in the United States of America. Um, if you're in Vermont, then you understand the way that Vermont presents is, you know, very 
rustic or very low key, right? We're not, it's not very flashy here. Uh, but if you're in the city, then you could probably say like, well, how is that? How do you promote anything without flash and pizzazz? Um, so I found that what Sarah was doing was a lot more in line with New York City. It reminded me of Chicago. It reminded me of LA. And I said to myself in that moment, I want to work with this person and I want someday to collaborate with them because I'm going from this point forward to kind of mimic my own presentation on the net after you. And I don't know if you knew that about me, but once I saw your website, I started to immediately change the way that my presentation was online. I think I hired somebody else to redo my website. I said, I need to present a lot more modern and a lot less just like blog, word, like WordPress blog style. All right, I did not know that. So you heard it here first, you guys. <laughs> and, and so did I. And I think I think you did tell me, though, that that journal entry was back in 2015. Am I that right? It was 2015. So, all right, everybody, listen up. So five years. That was five years ago. Think about how the last five years have gone. So this is what I think is really cool about this story and about this kind of creation story and this journey is you think of something, write that shit down, first of all, and, and visualize, and, and you will get there. And it doesn't necessarily mean you're going to journal something and you're going to write it, and then boom, next week, it's on a platter, it's on your doorstep, served up. So this today, where we are right now, episode one, the pilot episode, this was five years in the making. So maybe, oh, man, that seems like a long time. It's not. Time flies. But... Five years ago, Mujib says, okay, I want to connect with this person. Let's see how it happens. And so we kind of dovetailed a little bit. We were sort of, um, I was saying to Mujib the other day, I remember meeting you in my favorite bagel place. <laughs> um, this bagel place is very special to me. It's Feldman's. Shout out to Feldman's Bagels. Yeah. Um, and, and I remember this. There was an exchange of numbers. Um, so, you know, ev it was like every couple of years we got one step closer to, to, to finally making this happen. And just the other day I was talking to Mujib and I said, you know, I was looking back and I was feeling a little bit of regret. You know, why, you know, why didn't this happen sooner? Or, you know, what, what prevented me or why didn't I e email this guy sooner or text this guy sooner? And I sat with that for a second, and then I thought, and I saw something online that said, trust the timing of your life. And I thought, you know what, this is the moment. No regrets, there was no time wasted. Everything was building up to this moment and this union and this podcast or whatever you wanna call it. I'm a little bit spiritual person that way. Mm -hmm. um, but I really do believe that, that all of that was fundamental to getting us to where we are now and, and the point where, we're, where we finally connected and initially through teaching fitness classes and then kind of through COVID coming up with this idea to, to just have a podcast. Right, right. Yeah, and that's, that's actually a great segue into how did we end up creating this, this idea and to think about how we were going to share this conversation that we've continued to have with the listener. Um, it really came from once we did link up and once we were in the same space and we started to have conversations with each other, um, we just kept on building. I think every single conversation that I've had with you has gone at least a half an hour beyond the time that we were planning on having that conversation for. Um, and also every conversation since deciding that we were going to do this podcast, we've said, 
we should have this microphone plugged in while we're talking about this conversation or while we're having this conversation. So um, I really love that aspect of how this came to be. It's very organic in its own development. Um, that brought me to a point about something that you might not realize either, and it comes from the... That's, this is the thing about serendipity, because I also believe in, in, in this kind of overarching not necessarily purpose behind everything, but it's almost like the hands that play the cosmic comedy, as I'll call it from now on. Um, the Christmas party that we just had this past year that you put on, and you gave everybody gifts. Um, and in the gifts was a little jar of Lunaroma, like I think it was body butter. And I don't know if you gave everybody the tobacco spruce body butter, but when I decided that I was gonna start wearing a scent, that was actually the first scent that I went and got was Lunaroma tobacco spruce. And I wore tobacco spruce for, you know, I was probably wearing it when you met me in Feldman's. You know, I probably had, that was probably the oil that I was rubbing on my ears that day, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so tobacco spruce really, even that resonated with me. Even the fact that when I opened up that package and I saw that, I showed it to Kenzie, my wife, and she's like, did she know that? And I says, no, nah, I guarantee you she has no idea that this is actually my scent that she got me, you know, so. Wow, also something I didn't know, and not everybody got tobacco spruce. <laughs> <laughs> I do know that much, but I had no idea. Yeah, you know, life kind of, it throws you clues uh, and breadcrumbs, I really believe that, and you know, the more you can harness your awareness and just kind of tune into the vibration, you are just getting signals all the time. And, and I think as people start to wake up from this slumber um, that, you know, and you start to realize you, who you are literally magnetically drawn to um, and, and that you should do something about that. These are signs, these are signals, these are people that that are supposed to be in your world. Um, and, and that's kind of how all, all this has felt. And, and to kind of, again, to speak to the organic nature of how we got to what we're doing today. Um, again, Mujib and I both running our own fitness facilities and being hyper aware and hyper vigilant of how do we do what we do in this era of COVID, taking this pandemic really seriously. Um, you know, we had, conversations with each other about how are you going about things um, and and really kind of relied on each other as as experts in the field and, and leaders in our community to set an example and and once again it was sort of through these conversations where I really felt like uh, this acceleration in certainly getting to know each other and our own values and it just, I just kind of kept getting, like, obviously when I met you, I was like, Mujib's a cool guy. Um, this, is, this is a guy I want, I want in my life. He's, he's a good guy. He seems like he's going to be a good friend. Um, and then after that, you know, that was the, like, the initial. Um, and then after that, through some of these subsequent conversations, I'm like, okay, my spidey sense was right. <laughs> um this is a smart guy, this is an ambitious man, this is a caring man, this is somebody that um, is doing a lot of good in the world and is a good listener. All, you know, all these like boxes start being checked and I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, again, sort of this, for me, this acceleration and like, yeah, I am seeing this path in that, you know, 
we're going to do something together and we're going to do something big, big. Yes. <laughs> and I love that, that, that sort of idea that we are constantly growing into the person that we are meant to become, right? And that could be, that could be a very big idea, like I'm supposed to be this grand figurehead and everything that happens in my life is kind of filling in the blanks or building a foundation for who that figurehead is supposed to be. Or it could just be a very simple thing like I am a kitchen worker and I want to be a kettlebell instructor. And so everything that I'm doing from this day forth is going to start to build me into that person that I'm trying to be. And every day I'm going to get an opportunity to choose kind of the red pill or the blue pill with that matrix reference, right? So am I going to take this opportunity to reach out to this person? Am I going to see this person that I've been secretly admiring in the bagel shop? And am I going to have the audacity to walk up and introduce myself to them? You know what I mean? That sort of idea that says, I don't know what this key is going to unlock, but when I find the lock to it, I'm going to put it in the lock and then I'm going to unlock this door and then I'm going to go through this door. You know what I mean? And I, I, I grew up kind of reading a lot of fiction. I read a lot of Stephen King books, you know, and he had this one series that was called The Gunslingers, like The Dark Tower. And in this whole series, it's about this, this, these doors that you just, you're going to find this key and this key is going to unlock this door. And you don't know where the door is going to go, but when you open the door, you can choose to go through it or not, you know? And like, and the characters are just continuously kind of going through these doors into this. And sometimes you open the door and it's like a beach with monsters on it. And, but you had the key and you knew when you got to the lock, you were going to go through the door. So now you got to go through the door, you know? Um, so I just find that life is constantly handing, I love that terminology, the breadcrumbs. It's constantly like giving you the trail to the person that you're imagining you can be or that you're intending to become, you know what I mean? And I say this to, to a number of people often, it's, it's almost like you can't even remember exactly what you looked like before, you know what I mean? Like I remember when I met you, I don't even remember if I had long hair or not still, you know? I don't remember even if you had long hair or not still, right? So it's that sort of principle, like, do I see the person who I'm becoming and do I see the potential for what we're doing or am I still held back by this preconceived notion of who I am and, and what I have access to already, right? So this idea that can I grow to be the person that can hold this mantle? Can, can I grow to be the person who is going to control this, this destiny that I dream of for myself? Or am I going to be, you know, am I going to just sit back on that journal entry? You know, am I going to write that thing down, but I'm going to sit back and then just go back to my regular life, right? So mm -hmm. um, that kind of makes me think of those moments, and COVID is a perfect example. It's those threshold moments where are you going to decide to present yourself as you see yourself, or are you still going to present as just the person who was doing everything up to now? Like, am I going to try to get back to normal mm -hmm. in this world where there really is a new normal? Mm -hmm. Or am I going to see that everything has changed now and I have to present myself moving forward as who I want to become in the future? Mm -hmm. You know, that sort of thing. I'd say, let's get to it. Yes, let's get to it. <laughs> let's, let's get to becoming that, that person. And I, I couldn't help but, as I'm listening to you, Mujib, think about what what is that thing that holds people back in the journal entry where they you know they just they read that entry you know time and time again and they don't make the move and i think it's fear mm -hmm. um fear of being rejection we can all relate 
Um, whether it's dating, you know, you don't want to ask that girl or that guy out because they might say no. Um, it's, it's that fear about asking for the promotion at your job. Um, it's, that, it's that fear of feeling like questioning your self-worth. Am I good enough? Do I deserve this? And the answer is yes. And, you know, what is the worst that can happen? Uh, sometimes we have to have that conversation. You know, what, you know you, we've got to just go for it and, you know, step out of that journal entry and say, you know, and I don't know if, whether you were actively doing this or not. What's the worst thing that could happen if I'm going to send this email to Sarah DeGray? Worst thing, maybe she doesn't respond. Maybe she just says, no, it's all right. You know, we're fully staffed. Whatever, whatever the answer is. Um, okay. Then do some, then then you pivot, then you move, right? Um, so I, it, you know if you're if you're out there and there, and you're sitting on something and you really really think about okay what is holding me down? Why am I not sending that email? Why am I not making that phone call? Making that overture? What am I really afraid of? Is it just that fear of rejection or that it's not going to move forward? But even if rejection is the result. Mm -hmm. And trust me, if, if you are a successful person, you have been rejected more times than you can count, okay? <laughs> and we could talk about that in another podcast. Right. We'll talk about rejection. But I, could, I, I can tell you the dozens, more, multiple dozens of times that someone said no or rejected me or whatever. And okay, A, that's fuel um, because now I'm really going to show you how great I am uh, and I don't need you. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. <laughs> I, I, I'm, um, but... It's, it, it, it doesn't mean anything. It just, it just, you know, pivot, sidestep, you know, beat them to the basket. I'm a basketball player. Um, you know, rejection's going to happen. You're, you're, you know, so, um, I don't know, Mujib, I can see that you're thinking about well, <laughs> something. No, I, I, I love that, the, the imagery of pivot, you know. Um, this is the funny thing about a podcast is nobody can see how, how both of us really are talking with our hands this entire time, right? Um, and there's this imagery of pivot where we kind of hit this wall and it's like, okay, well, there, here's this rejection. You know, this person chased me out of their gym. And they said, I don't want anything to do with that, right? And that, again, it's a podcast for another story, but there are plenty of stories of that. Um, and when I pivot, I'm going to go in this direction and my friend is going to say, well, have you seen this? And then I'm going to look at this article and I'm going to say, oh, I should go down there. And when I go down there, I'm going to meet the person that I was actually supposed to meet, who is actually going to know me for the next seven years, who's actually going to play a huge role in my life. You know, mm -hmm. And I think that I can talk to you about that all day long, about how many times that's happened in our lives where the thing that seemed like it should have been the thing to do actually just put us on to the thing that was actually the thing to do. But to even talk to the listener and to say maybe if, if you're somebody out there that's saying I don't have the necessary tools to be able to do what I'm going to do or I tried that shot and I totally failed at it right um, maybe in that failure in that rejection that next step that you take is actually going to be the one that leads you to the path to success or the mm -hmm. path to getting what it is that you want to do um, I just want to dive down that line for a uh, second actually yeah you know, talk about that. I, if I can digress for a second onto a story that kind of Do speaks it. to that. Yeah. So again, I was a kitchen worker when I started North Country Kettlebells and I essentially was just like, 
trying to teach people on the side, knew I didn't want to be a kitchen worker anymore, knew that I wanted to try to become a fitness trainer. I was already a kettlebell lifter and it made everything very easy for me. So I was benefiting from the fact that I was using this tool. I was self-taught at this tool and I had people around me asking me like, can you show me how to do that? Mm -hmm. um, so for me, as just the person that I am, I say, okay, well, if you want me to show you how to do it, I'm going to have to go and get certified so somebody can tell me how to show you how to do it, right? Because I can't teach you how I was taught. It was a very troubled way of learning, you know, very trial and error way. Um, and so I went and got certified, long story short. But in doing that, I made a conflict all of a sudden with my actual day job, right? So I'm trying to train people now. And I'm trying to build a client base. I have a card, I have a, a website, so on and so forth. And I'm trying to advertise myself out there into the world. And it comes to the time where it's about 50-50 now. So half of my hours are spent working in the kitchen. And then every day that I'm working in the kitchen, I'm leaving. And I'm going and training people until I can't train people anymore. And then I'm going home. Um, and it comes one day where I have Mondays off every week, right? And the guy that I'm working for, he says, I need you to work on Monday. And I said, I can't work on Monday. I have another job. And he says, you don't have another job. You have your own business. You know, it's not another job, whatever. Mm -hmm. And I said, no, no, you know, I, I have clients on Monday, so I can't commit to Monday. And he says, well, you need to come in or else, you know, you're done here. Now, the way that the, my brain works is I don't know if I just planted a seed and forgot that he said that, but I totally forgot that, that, that he'd given me this ultimatum, you know? And if I had remembered it, then maybe I would have actually gone into work and just told the guy, like, okay, I'll meet you after work versus this time period. But I forgot completely that this guy had given me this ultimatum. So Monday comes around, I go and I train my client. Uh, we're having a good time, he's a friend of mine. I'm training him at his house, I finish. And I go to get in my car, and this time I had actually just left my cell phone in my car. Right? And when I realized I left it in a car, I said, oh, I'm just going to leave it. I'll come back to it afterwards. Turns out that this man had been calling me the entire time during my session, you know. And the messages just got progressively meaner and progressively, like, angrier and angrier until finally he's like, you're fired. Don't ever come in again, blah, blah, blah. And so... I go in, you know, to see, like, what's the deal? You know, I told you that I was not going to be here on Monday. I had a thing to do. And he fires me right there on the spot. You know, no nothing. You've already disrespected me, this and that. And I said, okay, fine. And I go to the gas station, and I have a little bit of money, right? And, like, I'm, it's like, uh, have you ever seen the movie Half-Baked with Dave Chappelle, yeah. right? And, you know, he takes the girl on the date, and he's like, and he's just watching, you're seeing his money like go down every time, and like yeah. he sees the guy on the street asking for money, and he reaches into the guy's thing, and he takes it out, and it goes up, and he gets a hot dog, and the guy gives him relish or whatever, so on and so forth. So there's, there's this mentality that I have that I'm like, I can see my bank account in, on the side of my vision, and I'm buying $25 worth of gas, and I see it drop. You know, I'm like, all right, I, you know, I'm gonna go to the store, or am I just gonna go home, you know what I mean? And I have this moment where I'm like, I need to go and figure out how to make some more money right now, you know? And I'm, I'm known in town, I'm in Montpelier. At this point, I've been in Montpelier for five years or whatever, I'm charismatic enough that people know me. I can pull up anywhere and go and get another job if I want to, right? Mm -hmm. So I've got my kitchen clothes and there's a dumpster and I just grab my clothes and I throw them in the dumpster. And I said, no, I'm a kettlebell trainer now, mm -hmm. right? And then mm -hmm. drove off, went home, didn't tell my roommates, you know, I got fired, whatever. After a couple of days, they're like, so you're not going to work anymore. We, we realize that your schedule's different. Like, what's going on? I said, no, nah, man, I got fired, but 
in between then and now, I've picked up multiple clients already, mm -hmm. you know? And so I go to a friend of mine ho mine's house who is very close to me, and I say, this is my deal. Can you help me kind of transition? I want to create a resume. I want to create myself into a, a personal trainer. And, you know, the state of Vermont is so great that they're I'm on unemployment from getting fired from this kitchen job. But as a thing with unemployment, they're like, you know, you have to be looking for work actively. But I'm not anything I'm not even really a trainer yet right mm -hmm. I haven't, don't have any experience other than what I built for myself so I call them and I say look I'm gonna apply to gyms mm -hmm. every gym in Vermont so I, I apply literally to every single gym in Vermont I'm just running down the list I'm sending applications I'm going to interviews you don't have any experience no no we're not gonna hire you know whatever whatever boom 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 and this friend of mine finally gives me this newspaper the bridge the montpelier newspaper the bridge and on the paper is a picture of kettlebells and this new gym had just opened up and it was like this new kind of like like functional fitness gym that had all these kettlebells and the gym was in the restaurant that i was working in when i was teaching myself how to lift kettlebells that restaurant had closed down and the building had been vacant and this gym owner, Nick Patterson, who now owns Green Mountain uh, Community Fitness in Montpelier, he bought this space, and he, or he leased it, and he turned it into this functional fitness gym. So here I am, walking into this old restaurant that I used <laughs> to work at. Now it's not a restaurant, it's a gym, and I'm looking for a gym job. Yeah. And what does this man have in his hand but my card? Because they don't know how to lift kettlebells. Yeah. And they're sitting there having a conversation about how they're about to reach out to me and ask me if I can show them how to lift kettlebells and trying to ask, like they're trying to figure out what they're gonna offer me for this. So long story short or mid story shorter, um, they basically helped me design the next seven years of my life. I started designing kids camps for them. I designed their whole kettlebell program. I taught all of their instructors. Mm -hmm. it's, am <clears throat> it's amazing in mm -hmm. that sense that I was able to, you know, really just lay out this future for myself based on saying I'm gonna throw these clothes away I'm not gonna go for a kitchen job I'm really gonna go out on a limb here and recreate myself into this version of myself that I see myself becoming you know mm. so there's a story about that for a second so again the wheels are wheels are turning as I'm listening to that and I'm, I'm thinking of two things I'm thinking of um, laws of attraction mm -hmm. which you know it doesn't have to be a you know a, a sexual thing, but laws of attraction in terms of the universe and who we're um, attracted to and what we're attracted to and and um, and then I think of Rumi and the Rumi quote: um, "What you are seeking is also seeking you." Um, and and that story just totally speaks to that because you're putting out this energy and this effort into the universe. Um, I, I see myself as this, I am this, um, and, and, and you're going out and you're on the hunt for these, for these jobs and these positions, and unbeknownst to you, the universe, there is somebody actively seeking you, mm -hmm. right? They have your card in their hand, and they're getting ready to call you as you're walking in there. It's just, it's a really cool story. That, to me, like, that is the law of attraction right there. That is, that is these two forces right? Like bringing you together. That's just so cool. Um, and that's why it's so important to, um, to, to how you see yourself, how you view yourself. Um, you know, cause you could have easily said, 
yeah, I'm a kitchen worker. I'm comfortable with that. And, and this is not a diss, and this is not to demean anybody working in a kitchen right now. Um, my boyfriend is working in a kitchen. He's starting his own kitchen, but he's washing dishes every day, so I get that. Um, but how do you see yourself? And if, if you're like, I'm going to be the best kitchen worker ever, whether that's a dishwasher or it's a line cook or whatever, if, that's, if that is what you want in your soul and that is, that is driving you and, and, and that is excellent, you know, be that excellent kitchen worker. If you're currently doing that, but you know in your heart and soul, you know, I'm an MC, I'm a writer, I'm a trainer, I'm a teacher, I'm a scholar, whatever, like fill in the blank. Um, you know, that, that, see yourself as that and work towards that. Um, and, I, and I think, you know, again, getting back to this concept of fear, um, too many times, you know, we can, we box ourselves in. Um, society puts us in boxes and labels and okay oh you grew up here you're from here well this is what you're gonna be and that's all you'll ever be um, and I think everybody has that kind of a story um, in some form or another right through through family maybe it was your parents telling you one thing or maybe it's you know society as a whole telling you one thing okay um, but ultimately it's how you see yourself right it's what you want um, you know, my, my situation different than yours, of course, but, you know, I, I, I got my working start as a secretary. Um, kind of classic young woman's job or even, a, even a, just a woman's job in general of any age, secretary working for mostly men um, in an office setting with a certain set of rules um, and expectations in that setting. And... I saw more of myself, um, and I remember working alongside career secretaries. Nothing wrong with that, women that have been on that job for 40 years. Um, but I remember going to and from work saying to myself, that's not how I see myself. That is not what I see for, for my life. Um, it easily could have been. And again, nothing wrong if that's your path. But um, I too saw myself as a trainer um, and, and, and sort of similarly started to do the hustle on the side and I had a full-time job 60 hours a week in this busy law office and was like I'm going to get myself certified. Um, basically for a lot of you uh, fitness professionals out there you'll know this that a, that a lot of the entry into the profession is actually through self-study and then apprenticeship and, and certifications and whatnot and you kind of can kind of earn this sort of patchwork of, of experience. So, so I, you know, self-studied at night to, to take the test to become a certified trainer. Um, and then kind of like you, started just tra training people in a park, going outside. I didn't have a space. Um, my apartment certainly couldn't accommodate uh, that kind of work, but, but started to say, okay, I'm going to make a name for myself. I created my business card. This is, I'm going to walk around and I'm, you know, I'm an authority on this subject and, and you got to start walking that walk and talking the talk and, and, and becoming what it is that you, you know, that you are destined to become. Um, and I know I'm throwing out a lot of quotes here, but I've said this to Mujib a week or two ago, I, my high school yearbook quote, was it's never too late to be what you might have been. 
And I really believe that to this day, as we sit here, Mujib and I are the same age. We are 1983 babies, yeah. so just going to shout that out <laughs> loud and clear um, so everybody knows where you stand <laughs> with us and our soon-to-be cultural references that we'll make along the way. But um, it, it, it's not too late for us. I mean, we are still in this process of becoming. Um, and, and, and for me, I'm like, the best is yet to come, and I'm so excited for that. I am so excited for that. Um, and so it's, it's, so I want to pose this question to you, Mujib, because, all right, so both of us, um, you know, we, we saw ourselves as trainers, right? So we're trainers, right? We're, we're trainers now. What's next? Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Where, where, do you, where do you see yourself as you sit in this, in this chair across from me right now? Right. Um, he didn't know I was going to ask him. No, not at all. <laughs> I'm like looking at the questions that are written down. That's not on there. That's, that wasn't on the list, guys. <laughs> this is off the cuff. No, it's, that's amazing, though, because even in my quest to become the trainer that I became, I've always still been going for something far greater than what I am now, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that to – I think that this day and age – the, the kind of moniker of an influencer, would, it doesn't actually even capture what it is that I'm working to build myself into, right? I had this vision, again, whatever, you know, and it's, it's very true, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll actually sit there and visualize. Um, quick little side note as to why it is that I do this all the time. I heard a quote one time, and it was essentially like when you hit a wall, and you don't know where to go, take a moment and look back at everything that led you to that point that you're at right now, you know? And even if it's like take everything out of the room and just sit there and just go backwards in your life as to what happened yesterday, the day before that, the year before that, two years before that, 10 years before that, like what are all the steps that I took to lead me to this point in time? By the time you go back to the beginning and come back to where you are now, you'll have the idea of what you need to do to go forward, right? Mm-hmm. So for me, like, I've always had these, these really pivotal moments where I've stopped and I've said, okay, let me visualize what it is that I want to see myself. Who, who am I becoming? Who am I trying to build myself into? Um, now, with kettlebells themselves, they're such a... In 2002, nobody really even knew what they were, right? So by, like... 2008 when I'm trying to tell people what they are that's why I'm getting chased out of gyms because people don't really trust what they are they don't necessarily they're not in the mainstream yet like CrossFit hasn't hit yet and kettlebells haven't become like a thing that people are trying to learn how to use so I said to myself like I really do want to change the way that people are approaching fitness I want to change the way that people think that they have access to their own strength I want to show the average person who maybe isn't that into fitness, maybe doesn't really want to have a personal trainer or something like that. I want to show them what they can do in their own house, in their own space, to develop themselves into the fit person that they see themselves being. Um, So for me, I'm trying to change massive amounts of people's minds and the way that they think and the way that they see where they can take themselves in their own lives. Now, Again, I don't necessarily use the title influencer because now in 2020 that has its own title. You know, like there are people that are influencers and they're in the world, whatever. Um, I think that I kind of stand to speak to a lot of those people who 
tend to be a little more counterculture, right? Mm-hmm. Tend to be a little bit more, you know, still in the mind frame that they can't make that next step to where they're going. So I see myself as a scholar if I have to put a title on it. Mm-hmm. But that's because I don't really even think that, I don't think I've found the word yet mm-hmm. for what it is that I'm trying to build myself into. Mm-hmm. But when I see that person, that vision, that image of that person, I see thousands and thousands and thousands of people who are saying, it was Mujib. Like, mm-hmm. I made it. I made this hurdle. I jumped over this hurdle. I made it to this point in my life because Mujib influenced me to do that, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and it's kind of going back to, like, what are those visions that we have for ourselves? I think we both at some point in time saw ourselves in front of a microphone, yeah. you know? Yeah. And this is like years ago. Like I knew that I was going to do something in front of a microphone. Yeah. You know what I mean? So even as it as it continues to unfold, as I continue to become this version of myself and give myself a new foundation for which to climb from, mm-hmm. um, I think that, just to answer your question again more directly, uh, it's, I, I don't want to sound too like egotistical, but it is basically somebody who's going to lead people into becoming greater versions of themselves as well yeah absolutely um that that resonates with me 100 percent um a, a coach a mentor i mean there's a lot of words for it hats and i don't know if any of those seems to fit right now but um you know we've talked a lot about um empowering others I think if you check our, what's the purpose of this podcast, I think that's, that word is in there. We know we, we seek to, to empower, to, to give strength to others um, because you, you out there, you listening, you harness so much power and so much potential. If you only knew, right, how much and how great you are, um, what kind of greatness you can achieve, um, you know, I'll, I'll just say I just started, finally, just started training with Mujib um, in his kettlebell studio. And um, I like to, I see myself as both teacher and student. Um, and that's a really important duality for me. Um, and I think uh, to, to be a great teacher, you, you need to be a great student. Um, and, and always be learning, never stop learning, never think that, oh, I figured it out, I got it. Even if you're at the top. I mean, one thing that people at the top will always tell you is they're not satisfied. Um, and that's not because they're greedy or, or whatever. There, there is this thirst to always grow, learn, get better. Um, and I really believe that, that, the, that, the, that are most successful among us um, have this ambition and this drive. And part of that comes from from always learning, practicing, being a student. Um, and so it's been great. I've been a student of Mujib's now for a couple of weeks. <laughs> and, um, and just one thing that really came out of our last session for me was harnessing this energy and power and strength that I know I possess, but you know, we're working on, you know, can you call, that, call up that strength at any time? And, and this kind of sounds like an analogy, but it's, um, and this is both in the physical world and the spiritual world, the emotional world, you know, when you need that strength. Um, can you call up that strength? And you can train for that. 
you can absolutely train for that. So, um, you know, when I think about where I'm at now and who I see myself becoming, it's, you know, I want to continue this journey as a teacher and a leader and a, and a mentor for others, but I also want to continue this journey as the student and the one who learns um, and listens, and especially in this historical moment where we find ourselves now. Um, the importance of listening and sharing the mic. Um, you know, I think it's, uh, we are socially distanced, but we are sharing this mic today. Um, and I think that is, that just, it's so cool. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're, we're coming up on our, uh, on our last few minutes here in, in this podcast. And, and uh, yeah, what else do we want to say? I love, I love that last question there as far as, like, what do we hope to accomplish with what we're doing here right yeah. now? You know, I think that we both just spoke to how we see ourselves going forward, even as these people who have accomplished even far greater personally in our businesses than what we might have anticipated becoming, mm -hmm. right? Um, I, like I said, I've been watching you since 2015, and to be sitting in this studio right now, it's even, it's so much more than what it was when I saw it then. So it's got the though, neon lights like he saw, remember, he wrote that down. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> um, but it has so much more depth to even what my vision was. So I think that when we speak to, um, what we're trying to accomplish as individuals, it's a good time to also speak to what we plan to accomplish with this podcast itself. This let's get to it time that we're taking to have this conversation and share it with each other. So I'll pose that question to you. What do you see uh, that we want to accomplish here? Oh man, there's, you know, there's, first of all, it's the, it's the belief. It starts with the belief that we can accomplish something. And that, that becomes important to me because as individuals, sometimes we can get caught up in what can I do? Um, you know, the situation seems so dire or things, you know, we can get really caught up in the day-to-day -day news and, um, and feel really mired and down about, you know, I can't make a difference or it all just seems so bleak or what's going on with the pandemic and all kinds of stuff. And, and, and so to have the ability first and foremost to know that as an individual you can make a difference and then when you can link up with other people that you can, that, there's a multiplier effect in how that difference gets made. And I know I'm seeing it um, internally, I'm seeing it externally in my own community that there is, there is a lot of good happening. There's a, there's a lot of yuck and bad right now, but there is a lot of good and there's a lot of people coming together to do right by others. And, and so the, you know, the focus of this is, is really um, you know, to come together and to, to talk about issues of importance, but that it might light some fire and some action I, I feel like it's it's not just talk it's 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 spurring others to action um because we can talk till the cows come home we're in vermont <laughs> so i can say that with some <laughs> authority um and 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 talking is is one thing but how how do these talks and how is what we're talking about transfer to, to action and real action and, and change and what and what we might be seeking and so it's 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 you hearing maybe hearing a story that's familiar to you and whether it's my story or it's Mujib's story or it's our intersecting stories the intersectionality of what we have to talk about or the differences and perspectives that we bring to the table um, you know, we talked a little bit about that this podcast could serve as kind of a Venn diagram. Like there's gonna be some elements that 
that, that I can speak to personally because of my life experience and what I bring to the table. And there's going to be those elements for Mujib. And then there's going to be this really cool cross elements um, where I think even our own discovery of realizing, you know, in what, in what ways that, that, that we are alike, where you may, you may look at the two of us and think, those two people have absolutely nothing in common. Um, well, you're wrong. Um, we have a lot in common, and I, and I, that, I think that's important, too. Um, and so kind of finding those intersectionalities, really but talking about uh, these different experiences and perspectives and, 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 and through, through difference and similarity, I just think there's so much. Hmm. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, you just spoke to it really eloquently. Okay, cool. Um, yeah, just to kind of speak to that same that same emotion that what you said is bringing up in me, it, it is just that, it's that lighting that fire, it's that enlivening, that, that empowerment of somebody to hear that story from you or that story from me, or the, again, the intersectionality of what we're talking about, and to be able to resonate with it, and not just resonate with it, but have it cause a resonance, right? Mm -hmm. So it's not just that you and I are resonating with each other, but it's like, what does that actually mean? It brings a whole nother tone out, right? It mm -hmm. takes me from where I just came from today and what I've been doing all day, and it takes you from where you just came from and what you've been doing all day, and it creates this third action, right? Mm. The, the Venn diagram is such a beautiful image to me, and what I was saying to somebody else the other day is, like, you can almost picture it like a flower in that way, right? Like, if you have all these different people that are bringing who they are to a table, Right? Then you have this table that we're all sitting at, and you have the fact that we're all feeding it from our personal experiences. Right? Mm -hmm. um, one thing that I really hope to do with this podcast is to bring those other experiences to that table as well, mm -hmm. so that the people that are listening can come and feast with what we have to offer. Right? I speak a lot in metaphor and a lot in that sort of simile of that this is like that right mm -hmm. this this situation that we have right now this microphone sitting on this proverbial table that we have in front <laughs> of us right is just that it's two people bringing our bread to break mm. to this table right mm. and for the people that are listening and even for us to to sustain ourselves with that mm -hmm. right i know that i'm taking away from this conversation and i feel empowered by mm -hmm. it and i feel like i'm i'm hot from it mm -hmm. you know what i mean and I hope that the listener feels that same way. I hope that you feel that same way because it's, it's power that we're talking about. And if we're talking about attraction, then even in this short bit of time, you've seen us both figure out how to put into words what it is that we're trying to do with our own lives going forward from here. And that's what I'm hoping that this podcast does for other people mm -hmm. is that it allows them to have that moment to say like, where am I right now? What can I do with what I have? And where am I going to take that? Even if it's to the kitchen, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Or if it's to the other side of the world, you mm. know? So it's just beautiful opportunity for that. You guys are, are literally bearing witness to, to history in the making as it's happening. Um, and so that, that's a really special thing. It's a special thing for us that you have tuned in and that you've taken time to listen to us talk about this. Um, it's really exciting, I don't know, for me to, to feel like we have the first podcast, <laughs> the pilot underway, because we've been talking about it for, for a little while now. And, um, and so that, that feels good to, to get that done and to, to have laid it out on the table so you guys know. And yeah, the hope is to, 
to include more people at this table um, eventually. So I know we have some high hopes and aspirations for where this even goes and that it goes far beyond the two of us just having a conversation together and that it's about uh, amplifying other voices and bringing you into the conversation as well. And, and we look forward to that genesis of, uh, of how this is gonna go and you can help write that story with us. Yeah, I love that. Awesome. Well, this concludes the very first episode of Let's Get To It. Thank you guys so much. My name is Sarah. My name is Mujib. And hope you have a great day.